the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is indeed a great day in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. The official start of the year for me is <laughs> today at noon. Then it, it, opening day of dove season since my childhood. Because we didn't have deer when I was growing up, mm-hmm. we had doves and we had quail. And the first time you could pick up a shotgun was opening day of dove season. <laughs> and so for 40 some odd years now, I have been every opening day, I have been on a dove field. I think maybe I've missed one. I think I missed a, but I got in a hunt on Monday. Ah. But I think I missed one Saturday a few years back because of this show. Um, but yeah, just a great day. And, and and here's a little bit of South Carolina history. In case you're not on the on Facebook, I, I'm doing a picture a day for a year. Are you? Yes. Oh. Started August 30th, or August 31st, I guess. But I, I I'm going to do a picture a day of just South Carolina. So wouldn't you know it? September the first, I started fooling around trying to figure out what, and and something popped up. It's State Dog Day here in South Carolina. So September 1st, 1985, Richard Riley and the South Carolina General Assembly declared South Carolina's state dog. You don't know what it is. The boy Spaniel. Spaniel. Yeah. Hey, look at me. Right here from Camden, South Carolina. Uh, the story goes that the first one was a stray dog named Dumpy. <laughs> he was found by a banker that lived down that lived somewhere here in South Carolina. And I uh, sent him to sent him to Lemuel Boykin in Camden, South Carolina, and hence we have the Boykin Spaniel, hmm. the South Carolina State Dog. So the the first day was the South Carolina flag. That's a the picture of the South Carolina flag. A little history. The second day being a Boykin Spaniel. Uh, the third day was uh, I hate that when it does that. Hmm. Um, the the third day I did a uh, a, a Marsh sunset down in Charleston. Oh, look at you. So, I'm just, you know, trying to use some of those pictures I've taken all these years. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, and then, uh, but, yeah, but a, lot of, a lot of people have Boykins across the state. They're great little dog, little brown dogs, little curly hairs. <laughs> I've hunted behind one several times. I like them. But, anyway, welcome into another edition of Woods and Water, South Carolina. We're glad you tuned in. Hope you're having a great day. Uh, pro tip for the day, if you're going out on a dove field either this afternoon Later this afternoon or tomorrow, I mean, not our our Monday, um, don't shoot below the tree line. Yep. The opposite tree line, don't shoot down there. That's that's the no zone. <laughs> <laughs> but but feel free to be social. You know, if your buddy's over there and he's about to get dive bombed by a couple of doves, I mean, you can be nice and say, hey, Bert, our fat little booger's out there on the in Is the backyard he? again. Yeah. Bless his heart. Um. But anyway, if your buddy's about to get, you know. Dive bomb from behind. You could let him know that there's birds coming over. It's proper etiquette on a dove field. Make sure uh, you eat some good food. I know we will. Yes, yeah, there'll be lots of lots of um, 
Low Country Boils going on today and, and barbecues and all. So it, yeah, it is just a, invite your family. It is just a great, a great day to be a South Carolinian. Mm-hmm. Long history in hunting. Yep. So, anyway. Um, let's jump right into it, Taylor, because we've got yeah. some calendar events. We're going to be joined later on by Patrick Walters, Ugh. Bassmaster Elite. Uh, he's actually out on the lake. Oh, look at him. <laughs> Which, you know, got to hate that. Better watch out for some snakes. <laughs> we talked about that, too. <laughs> uh, but anyway, go ahead and get this. We'll get the calendar events out of the way and then roll on with Patrick after this break. Sounds good. Well, so Labor Day is coming up on Monday. It's an exciting day, but we always remember to be careful while we're out there. And DNR, of course, is going to be out in full force that day. Yes. And they are holding... All weekend. All weekend, yeah. <clears throat> um, they're holding boat inspections on public landings across the state. So it's just a quick inspection of your boat to make sure you've got safety equipment and your um, proper boat and motor registration. So a couple of places they're going to be. Um, Sunday they're going to be at Lake Murray Dam Landing on Lake Murray from 10 a.m. to noon. Um, oh, back page again. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they're going to be at Lake Bowen Landing 1 to 3. And then starting Monday they're going to be at Lake Hartwell River Fork Landing from 2 to 4. Wapu Cut Landing from 10 a.m. to noon. And then Lake Greenwood River Fork Landing from 10 a.m. to noon. So well, that's just a few. They're going to be other places too. And just be just be respectful, be compliant. What was the word I was looking for earlier? Be. You've already forgotten it. I have. Be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it'll come to you. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> go, go ahead. You got some other. You got another pertinent piece of information. I there. do. Ute days are coming up on private lands. Ute days and games on. Two will be held Saturday, September 12th. Next Saturday. And on Saturday, September 26th in Game Zone 1. Um, state law, youth hunting days are for 17 years old and younger. Adults may guide, but only the youth may take or attempt to take the deer. Um, there are no licensing or tag requirements for youth or adult on this hunt. Antler deer only, bag limit one. An additional statewide youth day on all private lands and certain WMAs will occur after the regular season on January 2nd. Okay. So we're really excited about that, of course. What you got? I mean, you want to keep rolling, go ahead. Okay, that's fine. Well, we know DNR was a little behind coming into this, getting tags out to everybody. We were waiting for our boat registration for a while, but they have, they're catching back up. So games on three and four have already started. And then um, Zones 1 and 2 are soon to begin. If you haven't gotten your tags yet, um, you can call the SEDNR Columbia Licensing Office at 803-734-3833. Or you can go to their offices. They've got offices in Columbia, Charleston, Clemson, New York, or Florence. If you go to get, if you go to talk to them in the offices, you have to wear a mask, and that's in bold. Um, if you need the addresses, go to DNR um, website. And you can get all your information over there. But if you have not gotten them yet, you it could know, be a problem. It could be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> don't give up. Yep. And don't just go call on your local game warden or Charles <laughs> Ruth. <laughs> call the, the call the offices and get it straightened out. Yep. They're here to help. Um, I've just I've got a couple, but I'm just going to get one. Um, South Carolina State Parks normally has this as one of their events, but because of everything going off, it's not on there. They've kind of canceled all their events for most of the year. But uh, it is it, it's the official beginning of the migrating raptors hmm. across South Carolina. 
And one of the premier places that everybody goes is Caesar Head, Caesar's Head State Park. So I pulled this from South Carolina um, from a couple of years ago. The Hawk Watch program at Caesar's Head State Park, which is what they used to have as an official event. Uh, the, and it starts off, um, those continent crossing, current catching birds of prey have returned to the upstate this fall, crossing the 12,000-acre mountain bridge wilderness area as they make their annual migration from their summer grounds to the warmer climates of Central and South America. And it says to conserve energy, they take the Appalachian Flyway so they can thermal and and ride the currents all the way down, you know, without expending a whole lot of energy. So uh, it says in here, and I'm, it says, let's see, where is this? It's, it, Caesars Head State Park has been an official North American hawk migration site since 1988. At the peak of the September 1 to December 1 counting period, it's possible to see as many as 6,000 hawks in one day. So it's the best time to get the aerial shows from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And uh, you can go to hawkcount.org and get more information, but that's pretty cool. And in saying that, we've got about a minute left here. I was over, I was in the country the other day, and my neighbor told me, he said, man, he said, we've been seeing some kind of hawk over here that I've never seen before. And he said, we saw 11 of them the other day. Hmm. And so I was, and Taylor, you were helping me look. I can't figure oh. out what it is. I took it, it the, the, the conditions were horrible because it was midday. And I cannot for the life of me figure out which hawk this is. It might be a cooper. Anyway, I, I'm going to do some more looking and, and, and cleaning this picture. I'm looking at my laptop, and it's not just very. But it was one I, I could not remember seeing. So, hey, grab a pair of binoculars mm-hmm. and get outside, look up, be amazed at what you can see. Hawks. Mm-hmm. Cross out now to December. So, anyway, as, as we said before, we got got Patrick Walters coming up. So y'all hang with us. Back with more Woods and Water South Carolina on the other side. Sing here, Ready, Taylor. Got it. Yep. Right, it's your it's your turn to ask the question. Okay. It is your time. I, I don't think Patrick was on with us before the classic. Oh, by the way, folks, we're we're talking the Bassmaster League, Patrick Walters, and we'll let him t- talk in just a minute, and for however long he wants to. But, okay, but we got. Hey, we, I don't think we were doing this back in February. I don't, I don't think so. I can't remember. I looked on the show to see when he came on. It was it was like February 29th or something like that. So go ahead. Set him up and then okay, knock so him down. You heard the song, right, Patrick? Absolutely. You know who sang it. Okay, so uh, for you, is it Hooting the Blowfish or is it <coughs> a correct <laughs> answer, uh, Darius Rucker? It's Hooting the Blowfish. Ah, yeah, you yeah. got it. <laughs> It was before uh, 2015. Uh, you know why I knew you were going to lose that one, Taylor. You've got uh, to remember, you've got you're listening, you're talking to somebody who went to the University of South Carolina, yeah, who yeah, spent yeah, a yeah, heck yeah, of a yeah, lot of time whatever. at Five Points. Whatever. Whatever. Am I right, Patrick? Uh, I don't know about the latter of the two. It, it, depends, it depends on who's asking. <laughs> well, you're not living at home anymore, so. That's correct. I wasn't worried about them. Oh, okay. okay. I'm sorry, Taylor. 
your day just got worse. It's all right. That's okay. It's fine. I'm on a three-week roll, Patrick. She's really depressed about this now. <laughs> it was like Hootie, Sister Hazel, Matchbox 20. That was like that was the 90s jam. Right? There you go. This is not fair. Life is not fair. Why do you you both you both always double team me? We don't. Oh, always. I'm on Taylor's side. Always. But it was Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah. See. Uh-huh. Okay. So anyway. All right. All right. <laughs> Welcome in. We we do. We are talking to uh, Patrick Walters, uh, Bassmaster Elite, former University of South Carolina FLW champion and uh, and good friend. I uh I you you're one of the ones that I've known the longest, Patrick. Roger, thank you for having me, and it has been great knowing you all these years so far, and hopefully we continue this great relationship, and every time you call me, yes. I'm always happy to pick up the phone, and Taylor, thank you as well for having me, and uh-huh, every now and then we are going to team up on you, but yeah. hey, that's just your old man. Uh-huh. It's, it's for her own good, too. Oh, is Absolutely. it now? It only makes her tougher. Is it? Wow, okay, I don't, I don't like where this is going. This is starting off to really bad. You're already agreeing with him. Uh, it's it's just, not going anywhere. Uh, it's going Turns somewhere. out this is a motivational speech. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even realize it. <laughs> oh. Well, I, I think my muscles have recuperated from the classic. Uh, I don't know if mine have. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I appreciate you letting not, not asking for a replacement marshal on Friday the classic. Uh, they give me an opportunity to pick who I want to ride with. And uh, you were first on the list, and and that's who I drew for the for the marsh on Friday, and I I really enjoyed it, excluding that 15 minutes between the launch and past the bridge. <laughs> well, tell you the truth, looking back at the classic, it's hard to believe it was six months ago. It feels oh, man. like it was two. It feels like it was two years ago. I yeah. mean, it just Long this time. year has drug out so much. And looking back at the classic now, I just feel like that whole week was a blur for some reason. It was like I didn't settle down. And make the right decisions to make the key adjustments each day. But I do remember that 15 minute boat ride <laughs> like it was yesterday. And Roger, I'm going to go ahead and apologize probably for the first time. Was it a Bassmaster Classic first one? Hey, we sent it. We did. We, we were passing boats, and, and I'm you, that Falcon, it was, it, it was all out. We probably pushed it a little too hard in that one. It was the first and only time I have ever looked at the horizon and been past like 90 degrees. That was honestly probably the first time when we went under that bridge and we hit that one wave. And we were looking straight up, and I was like, man, this boat could actually. I said we could have went backwards if we would have got a gust. That one wave snuck up on me. It did. And it was, uh, I was holding on for dear life. But yeah, it's, uh, good, good memories. I mean, you know, look, if it had been a slick, calm day, we wouldn't remember it near as fondly, you know? Absolutely. It, it definitely is one thing I remember more than anything because I got there to my first spot. Yep. And I'm, I'm walking in the front deck and I'm, you know, my first thought is, oh my God, are my rods still in one piece? <laughs> you know, how, what kind of tangle am I going to get out? And my second thought, not even worried about the fish was, I was like, I bet you Roger's never going to speak to me. <laughs> I bet you. I was like, this is probably the end of our relationship. You were pretty, you were pretty quiet when we got to that first spot, and I was like, you know what, Roger's probably like this guy. No, I just trying I'm to really, recover. I'm, I'm blocking his number. Like, <laughs> and then it was like 20 minutes before he said something, and I was like, man, Roger, sorry about that. No, no. I, I, it, honestly, honestly, that that little time, I was just letting you fish. You know. You, you kind of learn that uh, 
<clears throat> you know, that first air, that first little bit of time, especially with, you know, the first classic, I'm sure you were feeling nerves like nobody's business. And and that, and, and I just kind of, you know, hey, we got all day to talk. Uh, let, him, let him get started fishing and all that. But, Jay, we caught fish that day. That was a good thing. Had a um, a great ride back to the Coliseum, and, and it was it was a great week, and and I really I really enjoyed it. I really did. I I also I, have very fond memories about that because we got to the hotel and Dad just flat out in the bed. He's like, "I'm not moving. Y'all go pick me up dinner. <laughs> I can't walk." <laughs> I was a little worked yeah. over. Yeah, you were. That's the one thing people don't realize. Rough water oh, yeah. is a different element. Yep. Um, it completely takes it out of you. People, when you go fishing for a day, and you're like, "Why are you so tired?" <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's the sun. It's the waves. Yeah. It's draining. It is. But going out that next day, it was when you're the adrenaline's just running for that week. You know, it's the classic. It's you don't even think about it until after the tournament's over. And that day afterwards, I, I almost go into like a vegetable state. I feel like I have one day where I can't even do anything. Like I drive yep. home and then I just sit on the couch yep. the entire day. <laughs> I just did that. like I, I can't do anything. I did that for a couple of days. <laughs> probably in there's probably an age works in there somewhere. I works. I'm sure it shows up in there somewhere. Uh, well, look, 16th in the points. To the day. Now, let me ask you this. How cool is it that Bass worked so hard to give y'all a full schedule? It's It honestly means everything. Without a full schedule this year, it, it wouldn't have been a complete season. And I don't know if there would have been an AOI champion and everything. And then Santee would have probably got thrown out of there. We can't thank Bass enough for how hard they've worked to get all the tournaments scheduled. And with all the quarantine things going on and all the different – laws and everything each state has been implementing right for bass to be able to work around that i mean we are truly blessed and thankful to have them for especially they could have just you know threw in the towel but sure they care about us yep. as fishermen and as an organization because they know this is our livelihood and they take care of us they really do and and cutting the season short mean cut means cutting the sponsor you know the sponsor doesn't get his full year either exactly which for you and that's is that's a conversation you don't want to have. That's right. I mean, and you've got some good ones. I mean, uh, just go ahead. You don't do this without your sponsors. So, take a minute. Your sponsors. You know, shout out number one to Emily, my wife. Uh, uh, you know, she doesn't pay the bills, <laughs> but she completely she's there for me. She sure. Supports me, and without somebody at home to back you, it would be extremely hard. But Daiwa Rods and Reels, they have been extremely great. Falcon, right there in Newberry. Yep. It was, you know, being able to run a boat in your home state and have so much confidence means the world. And I'm telling you, like you said, that we had that rough day, and I've been running it all year, and that boat has still held up tip-top shape. <laughs> um, Yamaha, Rapala, I mean, you can't thank those guys enough. Lure Lock, TH Marine, um, Zoom, gosh, you know how good that Zoom stuff is. Oh, no yeah. matter where you go, whether I'm small my fitness in Florida, uh-huh. Zoom is always catching. Yep, Taylor, he's, on, he's been married a year. He's got to say he's got to leave out with Emily. <laughs> yeah, he's hey, got. you like that? <laughs> hey, I know, I got my priorities in line. You got your priorities. <laughs> took me a little while. It took me about seven months. Okay, well, congratulations, young man. I'm a quick learner. Life lesson learned early. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah. Um, Fishing in the fall this year. I mean, okay, so it's been pretty good. 10th of St. John's, 20th Eufaula, 47th St. Lawrence, 28th Champlain, 44th St. Clair, 
Then we're going, then you got Gunnersville, Santee, Chick, you got Texas Fest, you're fishing some opens, you were Kissimmee, you were 10th, 11th in the Kissimmee Open. Uh, you got a Hartwell Open, which is right around the corner, isn't it? Tell you the truth, to survive, the, the Hartwell is going to be in, I think, like three weeks. It's yeah. the end of September. Yep. And when I leave for that one, it's going to be six tournaments in a row with only four days off in between wow. Chickamauga and Cherokee. So it's going to be a lot of traveling. Uh, I think it's 40-plus days of fishing in a row. So after that stretch, <sighs> I think I'm going to need a month off. Like, I'm not going to be able to do anything. But we're still in the hunt for points. We're in good shape. Right. Yep. And that's the one thing I wanted to do was survive the northern swing um, and still be in contention knowing that we're going to have a southern swing in the fall, which I love fall fishing. I really do. Um, it's, I really prefer it. I really? I really don't like fishing until the end of October into November when it gets real cold. Are colder in the south it never gets cold until probably like january <laughs> yeah. but um it's just a different type of fish and you can trust your instincts you can run around you can fish shallow more but i was happy to the northern swing i was very happy with and i was kind of displeased with at the same time <laughs> um, because what's crazy was after last year you know i went into it committing to the smallmouth i knew what i had to do and at all three tournaments at the st lawrence river at lake champlain and at St. Clair, I was around the winning fish. Like, I found the pattern to catch them. I was within one mile of the area that the the tournament winner was at. Right. And to do that, that's the hard part usually, is to find the pattern and to catch them. But the bad thing was I just didn't execute or just didn't get the right bites and missed the, the check range, the top 40 cut by one pound at two tournaments. And that's when it's just like you do the hard part and you figure the, figure the puzzle out, yeah. but then you don't execute and get the fish in the boat. But well, and I that, felt and that, like I definitely – it was leaps and bounds from what I did last year. Okay. And so it's got me excited to being able to go up there next year because I look forward to going up there every year. It's enjoyable. The weather is nice. Listen, the average temp <laughs> in upstate New York in July yes. is 75 degrees. <laughs> you know how I know this? Because you... my dad, Todd Walter, yes. he's like – we always make fun of going up north. You know, he's like, I might become a snowbird now. <laughs> it's, it's too hot back home. A reverse right snowboard. There, yeah. I know. I was very surprised. He was like, you know what? I'm going to – he was looking at houses up there in Oswego, New York. Oh, my goodness. To, uh, go up there and just – He is serious. It's too hot here. You know, I know. I'm kind of surprised. I was like, easy, Dad. I was like, don't, don't push it too far. I was like, you know, you do have a camper. Yeah, really. You camp whenever you want. <laughs> I think I got him talked out of it. Okay. All right. I was worried there <laughs> for a minute. I know. I was too. <laughs> Trust me. Well, look, let's, uh, let's take a break. Let's come back. I want to explore the smallmouth thing a little more when we come back. Um, Absolutely. It's, a, it's a, something not many of us down here get to do, and it's something you guys get to do every year. So I want you to talk about it a little more. And then we got some other stuff we're going to run on. So y'all hang on. We're going to be back after the break with more Woods and Water South Con and Patrick Walters. a smile. I was looking for it. That one's not bad. <coughs> I was a, lot of, a lot of your other songs are pretty rough. 
No, they're not pretty yeah, rough. They're yeah, all good. They but welcome back to another segment of Woods and Water South Carolina. Still got Bassmaster Elite Patrick Walters on. Uh, Patrick, just for just for a second, talk about the public side of being an Elite Series guy. I mean, you, I'm sure you're doing you know stuff for your sponsors. You got interviews to do, podcasts to do. How busy has life gotten for you on the Elite Series? You know, before the quarantine hit, things were extremely busy. And you, we didn't really have that mad push during the quarantine and kind of the last couple of months to really push a bunch of stuff like we should have. Okay. And that's mainly on me. But the behind-the-scenes work of being a professional fisherman was a lot more than I ever could dream of it being where you know you're always making phone calls then was like all you do is talk on the phone <laughs> which i mean i'm probably making 20 phone calls a day okay um, it's a lot of behind the scenes you know a lot of footwork just to get things going to be able to fish where you know growing up fishing college is like you know i'm gonna be a professional fisherman that's what i want to do <laughs> thinking like all i'd have to do is just show up and fish right it, it is a lot of business behind the behind the scenes, and that's why I am glad I did get a business degree. Thanks to my mom on that one. She was making sure I was going to stay and graduate. But uh, to know how, you know, to speak business terms with other people and just sure. make sure your finances are in line because it's all about preparation. You know, you got to prep for the year. You got to make sure everything's there. You you got to crunch the numbers because if the numbers don't line up, then you're going to hurt at the end of the year. And you sure. want to just make sure it's a it's a smooth flowing year. But to make all the sponsors happy and do all the behind-the-scenes work, that's what helps you be able to fish easier and with less pressure when you're on the water. That's a pro tip to all you high school anglers out there getting ready to step up to the next level in college and thinking about doing professionally. It, it, there's, this is one of those guys that you can follow because he, he's got he, he's got the business. And he, it is it is a business. It's a livelihood. It really it's it's just like a job, except you get to fish. Which it seems kind of that's, strange to say that a job fishing, a fishing <laughs> job, but it is. It is. It, that, that is the greatest thing about it, you know. You do a lot of phone calls and stuff, but my office is, you know, <laughs> when you're heading to work and you're heading to a new tournament, that's when I'm, you know, I'm really heading into the office to work, yeah. that you don't know what you're going to expect. That's yeah. what I love. It's And that's why people are like, what about all the driving? That doesn't bother you? I love the driving. Because I have like 13 hours of just straight anticipation and adrenaline, be like, what is it going to be like when I get there? You know, I'm like the whole time, like, oh yeah, like I'm ready to go figure them out. Patrick doesn't do Red Bull. (laughs) It's natural. (laughs) I don't know. I am a fan. I am a fan of Red Bull. Uh I actually had one about 10 minutes. Pretty jacked up. Okay. (laughs) Um, You know, we were talking at the end of the last segment about smallmouth. And, and, you know, you're within a mile, and, and you're around the right areas. You're in a pound here. Talk, a, take, I don't know, five, ten minutes. I don't care how long you take. Talk about smallmouth fishing because it's something that a lot of guys down south, you know, we look at the smallmouth lakes, and we watch it, and we, and we but we never take the time to drive up there and do it. And it's like you were telling me before the show that everybody needs to go fish smallmouths up north at some point during your life because it's such a hoot. Now, it's a hoot for us recreational fishermen when a pound is just a few ounces per fish and you're catching fish that are all the same size you've already got. It's, I understand that pressure and, and, you know, how that happens. But talk to us. That is, that's the biggest key. You said it right there. When you're catching all the, when you're catching tons of fish, when you go up north, you do catch a lot of fish. 
when you're fishing for smallmouth usually, but they're usually within ounces of each other. They'll be like the same size. Okay. And that is the biggest thing that I have learned about fishing up north. And it's taken me two years for it to really kick in. The first year it was, it, it showed it to me. Okay. But I learned and I try to improve myself as an angler from personal experiences from usually when I get my teeth kicked in, that's usually when I learn the most. <laughs> and when you get that close to a cut, you're like, oh, what should I have done different? Right. But the small mouth up north and in those great lakes and those big bodies of water, they hang out in class and year class fish where okay. there'll be like three-year-old fish or they'll all be two and a half pounds to three pounds. And then you'll find a school of three to fours. And then you'll find a school of fives. And see, coming from down south, that's that's not usually how it works. So growing up, my mentality was, you know, if you catch enough fish, you're going to catch. You can catch some big ones. That's right. Yep. You you know, you just go and you do the same thing in the same general area sometimes, and you'll get a good bite, and you'll just kind of weed through the fish. But up north, I'd go and I'd find a school of fish, and I'd wear out to I'd catch 32 pounders on one spot before I was like, well, I guess I'll go do something different. But now <laughs> you, I'll go in there and I'll catch two or three or four. And okay. it's like, all right, it's time to leave. These are all the same size fish. It Up north, it's okay to leave fish to find fish, which is never the case down south. Anywhere else, yeah. Because, because when you go up north, there's that many fish up there okay. that you have to go find the big ones. And they're usually always biting, which is the thing. And I tell anybody this when whoever asked the hell was up north you got to go experience it one time in your life and you'll never experience it once if you try it the first time because the fishing is that phenomenal up there it's that different it's that enjoyable the water's so crystal clear it's just a different aspect of fishing that we've never seen before if you go up there one time you'll be going back i promise you and this is not a new york or an upstate ad it's it's just it's that fun it's enjoyable you know I compare them almost now to like redfish or snapper. I mean, okay. it's, you go out there and you're just yeah. kind of—it's almost like you're brim fishing with boom, a drop. Boom, boom, so you're just kind of right. dragging it on the bottom, and okay. it's just when you hook a four pounder on like six pound line. Gosh, it's just the fight of it is enjoyable. Where you know when I'm down south in Clarendon County on Santee Cooper and I'm flipping cypress trees, and you know you catch that three pounder and you fight them for twenty seconds, you know. It's completely different when you can see the whole fish. And right when you hook him, he comes four foot out of the water. It is it is truly fun bass fishing. That's what it is. Okay, now that's that's your key to buy a, <laughs> buy a trip to up north for us to Buy a trip. Buy, buy a trip. You need to get right, paid to When we go up there. up there next time, you and Taylor, y'all come up there. <laughs> hey. right, what we'll do is the next open, we'll look at the schedule next year. When that All right. Okay. And before or after the tournament, I'm right. telling you guys – Y'all have to try it. Taylor would love it. I mean, it's because it's enjoyable fishing, you know. It's, on Santee Cooper, people do have fun, and there's a lot of big fish here, but oh, it's yeah. more like target-oriented. I mean, yeah. you've seen it, Roger. Uh, you got to skin and bark off of trees. Bark. <laughs> Darn right. But up there, it's, it's wide open, and it's, it's a different type of bass fishing. It really is. It's a different species. I mean, chasing smallmouth. But when you do largemouth fish up there, no joke, I'm not kidding you. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> but the smallmouth way heavier, but you can go catch largemouth at will. Huh. It's so, that fun. For that kind of fishing, what do you use? What kind of technique? Um, well, if I'm largemouth fishing, you need like probably three or four rods. You need a topwater frog, a chatterbait, a flipping stick, and a wacky worm. And that's it. And I don't care where you go in the country. Roger's seen it. You better carry a wacky worm. But yes. those things for large, <laughs> yes. for largemouth, 
And I would say for smallmouth, you need a jerk bait and a drop shot. Those two things and a Ned rig. That Ned rig, I don't know why it catches them, but God, <laughs> they just they bite the fire out of it. So you don't need many rods, which is enjoyable. Like you just need a couple of your favorite tactics, and you'll have a the best day of your life sometimes. I've never been up there during the spawn, but all the stories I hear when we go up there and we're catching twenty or thirty right. fish a day. I'm talking to the northern guys, and they're like, Psh, dude, this is nothing. This is fishing bad. And I'm like, are you serious? Are you this spoiled? Yeah. So I was like, I'm used to catching like four to five fish a day sometimes. Right. Um, and they're like, yeah, you come during the spawn. I mean, you'll probably catch 25, 27 Lord. pounds of smallmouth. And I'm like, do what? And they're like, yeah, 60 <laughs> fish a day, no problem. So, yeah. so when is the uh, – we got about a, a minute, a little over a minute and a half. When is the smallmouth spawn then? Because you, you guys are there in July normally, right? It's usually right after ice out, which is like middle of May to the beginning of June. It's still going on, but okay. I say May is like the deal. Ice out. And that's what's weird. At, uh, ice out is what they call it. I'm getting those northern terms out. <laughs> because what's crazy about up north, and I think we should honestly – take consideration of this they have a fishing season yes they where do. even after ice out you're not allowed to target target um, bass for say till like the first week of june in some places mm-hmm. i don't know if that's the correct date but that's why i think their fishing is so much better than ours where down south we can fish year round but i feel like during the spawn which is usually our best fishing as well i feel like we should take that one month off so that we just help benefit our fisheries even more i'd be willing to do that I love fishing during the spawn, but yeah. for tournaments, I right. think it would be really beneficial to the fisheries. Taylor, you have seven rods. I do. You have a small boat. I do. <laughs> Look at me. I got time to hook up and head north. <laughs> That's right. We'll take you up on that next year. We'll we'll seriously have to look at the uh, at the schedules and all because we we were planning on coming this year before everything happened. We were going to come up for the northern swing. And spend a few days at, I think it was, Waddington was where we were going to go because we were going to drop back down and fish the Finger Lakes okay. on the way back. And then all this other well, stuff I know we'll be, we'll be back to St. Lawrence next year. That's the only yeah. one tournament that I know for sure that we're having because okay. they signed a multi-year deal with them. Okay. And we will be going back to Waddington, which... That is a different animal. Um, when we fished there this year, we actually went out of Clayton and right. we fish Ontario, which made me ecstatic because I love fishing the lake. I love casting. I'm not a drifter for some reason. I have a hard time getting out to, in that river and drifting a drop shot in 40 foot of water. Yeah. That to me is like, whew, it's All tough. right. Hang on, folks. We'll be, uh, we're going to come back and finish it up with Patrick. Give me a bottle of anything and a glazed donut. Tomorrow. What the heck? <laughs> that was not what I was expecting. It's a little Van Halen. What? What? I'm not gonna ask. I'm not. I'm not gonna ask. Why? <laughs> Why? Why? Because it's my show and I can. Uh, and everybody loves a little Van Halen here and there. Do they really? Yes, they do. Are you sure? 
Roll Tide. <laughs> I just like the expression. I'm not a Tide fan. I just like the expression. Oh, man. Taylor, growing up, Van Halen, I mean, 5150 came out in 1984, which was the year I started my senior year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I think it was 84. I think it was 5150. They've had so many. Mm-hmm. So, it doesn't bring back good memories, does it, right? Oh, man. You know, they say musically, the best time of your life is is the music you like for the rest of your life. Uh-huh. I can see that. Can you see that? I can see that. I mean, I think that was a psychological study. Really? Kind of like, you know, the average person has an attention span less goldfish. than the goldfish. I don't know what a goldfish <laughs> is, but I definitely say mine is shorter than that. Seven goldfish. seconds. <laughs> okay, good. I'm coming in like a mere four, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Oh, um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> She's a little slow today. Uh, well, look, we're, we're starting the last segment. Patrick, we have absolutely enjoyed having you on. Thanks for doing this. But, yeah, folks, um, if you're on social media, get behind Patrick Walters Fishing. Follow him. Uh, he, he's, uh, he, he's a good fisherman. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to see a lot of his, you're going to see a lot of cameras in his boat over his career. I can promise you that. Now you got to live up right. to that, right, Patrick? Uh, well, I appreciate the good word. I, I, I think I can handle it. It's just, I know you the can. Thing is if you if, if you do what you love, yep. then everything just comes natural, I and see. that's the thing. It's just if you just go out there and enjoy it, and you have a good time. Things just they'll fall into place, hopefully. You know, but I always enjoy being on the show with you and Taylor. Yep. And anytime you want me back, I'm always happy to talk with cool. you guys because I always have a blast. That, you never know too. what's going to happen. No, you don't. <laughs> that could be a bad thing. Or a good that could thing. be a very bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, talking about doing what you enjoy doing, uh, fall fishing. You actually, you know, being a collegiate angler, a lot of y'all, a lot of your tournaments took place in the fall. Your season started in the fall, and uh, so they you, did. you've you got some it. experience, and, you, and you've already told us you enjoy fishing in the fall, and you were telling us off there before we started this why you enjoy fishing in the fall so much. So. You know, okay, Gunnersville, Santee, Chick, three southern bodies of water, three you probably got a lot of experience on. Talk for a few minutes about this fall fishing deal that you're going to have this year. Well, I really do enjoy fall fishing. I, I'm actually out here on Santee Cooper. I'm in Clarendon <laughs> County as we speak. I'm under a big old cypress tree sitting in the shade. Got my big hat on. I'm just uh, sitting back okay. relaxing, just I, I, I getting have, ready. I have to ask, is there a snake peeking around the tree? Oh my gosh! I forgot about that, Roger. I actually have not checked the tree yet, but you've got me. You got me nervous. That sucker was looking at us. He was he giving us the evil eye. Yeah, that was. Oh gosh! I'm actually. I'm gonna probably have to pick up. <laughs> but I really enjoy fall fishing because it's a different element to bass fishing. Where in during my college years of fishing the tournaments, we did have a lot in the fall. Like, they were enjoyable and they were fun fishing. But why I love it so much is usually when we fish down south, it's during the springtime, which is all heavily focused around the spawn. Right. And so the fish, that's what they're focused on, spawning. And so they look for different types of structure. They're looking for different types of water, whether it's the temperature and if it's clear or not. But during the fall, it's completely different. They don't care about spawning. They're bait-oriented. They're, they're focused on feeding. So they're ready to eat. They they don't really care about clear water sometimes you can catch them in dirty water you can okay. catch them shallow and okay. that's what i love is you're you're focusing and you're trying to find fish that are feeding instead of worrying about spawn and so it's just a, a different type of fishing 
Um, I fished all three bodies of water, Gunnersville, Chickamauga, and Stanley Cooper in the fall. So I'm looking to get back at it and get back to my roots of staying in the dirt. You know, you mentioned earlier uh, north, and I think we may have, this may have been before the show started too, Taylor. You can help me out with this or not. Did he not say something about it was going to be one where he, instead of looking at his graph, he was going to look at the water? Yep. Take just a moment. Talk about the transition between graph fishing, which is your smallmouth fishing, and what you're talking about doing in the fall when you're just looking at that water and saying that looks like a place a hunger bass would be. You know, when we are up north and we're smallmouth fishing, we're, we're usually doing it a little bit offshore sometimes, or we're out there trying to use our grass and locate the fish. And even when we fish Ufala, we were fishing offshore and we were fishing brush piles. Yep. But what I love about fall fishing in the south is, you can cut all of your electronics off. You can put that trolling motor down, kick it up on high, and throw fast power fishing reaction baits, like say a buzz bait, uh, a Zorro Bango blade. You can flip a jig and just catch them on 20-pound line burning down the bank. And that's what I love doing. It's You don't have to finesse them in there, and you're not sitting there dragging a little brush pile and looking at them on your electronics. You can cut all the grass off, and you fish with your eyes on the water, looking for stumps, looking for mud lines, looking at a current break, anything like that, and you don't have your eyes peeled on your graph looking for fish that are beneath you or on the electronics. And so that's how I grew up fishing, and that's how I truly love to fish, and that's why I'm excited to get back on the southern swing in the fall because it's what I love to do. I might not catch a single fish, and I might not cut a check, but let me tell you, I'm going to have fun doing it. (laughs) I have a hard time believing you won't catch a single fish. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully we catch one or two. One or two. Um, three, seven, Texas Fest in November. A Texas lake in November should be just a continuation of what you're going to see on the other three lakes in November. October, so. November. I'm, I'm very interested to see about that one. I haven't okay. done all of my research for Lake Fork yet okay. because it's towards the end of the schedule. Um, but I'm excited about that one because it has such large fish in it. That I know you can fish it shallow. I think there is going to be probably a deep bite that still plays because, I mean, it is like Fork, and that's right. what it's not- notorious for. Okay. But I can only imagine going down the bank and throwing a buzz bait and catching <laughs> seven pounders all day. I don't think that would get old, Roger. No, I don't think so either. And then since you're going to be in Texas, now, are, is, is, is Ray Roberts, and right now you're 16th in the points, you're you know pretty much – in the classic cut, um, are you going to have time to swing up and hit Ray Roberts while you're out there? Absolutely. Because Lake Fork is the last tournament on the Elite Series schedule. Okay. It's not the last tournament of the season because I'm actually fishing the Eastern Open, the Bassmaster Eastern in Opens as well. December? In the, <laughs> December. I think it's the first weekend <laughs> in December on Lay Lake, which that is, I've never fished a tournament that late being. That's the schedule. You know, I fished yeah. a couple tournaments at home when it was just like a weekend tournament, but never right. that's the end of the season. And I kind of feel for the guys who are fishing the Opens that are aspiring professionals who want to make it to the Elites because the top five who make it in points at that tournament, that'll be the last tournament, and that's going to be the deciding tournament to who makes the – who qualifies right. for the Elites right. for next 2021. Yep. And so they're only going to have, say, oh, a two- wow. to three-month turnaround, if that, hmm. probably two months – before the, the elite season starts. I hadn't thought about that. Because we're usually, it ends in September, mm-hmm. and we have all fall and December and January to get ready for next year. Yep. And like we talked about earlier, getting all your sponsors in line, yep. getting a new boat, making, I mean, because it's 43 grand in entry fees, 
And that does take a lot of legwork behind the scenes to kind of make sure everything's there. Absolutely. And I feel for those guys who are going to be kind of behind the eight ball. And that's why I was talking with one of my good buddies from Alabama. I've been working with him. I really want to help him make the elites because it is his dream as well. Okay. And I told him, I said, go ahead and start preparing that you're going to make the elites right now. Okay. He actually finished a couple spots ahead of me at Harris Chain, so we've got a, or Kissimmee Chain. Okay. So he's got a great start. And I said, go ahead and start making the phone calls now. Do what you got to do to prepare because you don't want to look back and be like, well, man, I, I only have a month to get ready where he can be doing that right now and say, he can already be doing the legwork, and then if he does qualify, he can call back and say, hey, I made it. Let's do the deal. You know. There you go. So you, you always got to be prepared. Back to Ray Roberts for a second. What's your thoughts? I'm excited about that one. I, I'm more excited about that one than Gunnersville. I was super stoked about Gunnersville being my first classic. I love that body of water. Yep. But the only thing about Gunnersville, you have to fish the most obvious stuff in the lake to win the tournament. And okay. that's not how I like to fish. Okay. Like if you're not fishing a marina or a bridge or something super obvious, you're just not competing. And that's I like to fish random stuff off the wall. And what I love about Ray Roberts, it's in Texas, which means big fish. <laughs> it's the lake nobody's hardly ever been to. There's no tournaments really that go there. A couple people have been there before, but it's new to all of us. And like I said, I just love figuring that puzzle out, going to a new body of water. And so when it's level playing field for everybody, I think it's going to be a great tournament. And I, some big fish are going to get caught. I've been on Ray Roberts. Oh, have you? Yes, I have. Well, both of you are like, huh? <laughs> I'm kind of surprised. Thanks very much. Me too. Uh, in, uh, in 2015, the last year, they oh, wow. did the the Texas Toyota Fest where they brought 15 elites and 15 FLW guys to fish. Yep, uh, I remember that now. Brandon did Matt Cobb. Heron win that one? Huh? Did Matt Heron win that? Yes, Matt Heron won it. Uh, but gotcha. Brandon Cobb and Anthony Gagler were both there, and I went down and... Um, Oh, so Cobb has fished it before. Yes, Cobb that. has fished it before. He's going to be my next phone call. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't give you any advice because I didn't fish it. I just know there's a lot of standing timber. Absolutely. <laughs> a lot that's of standing what, timber. That's what every lake in Texas has got a lot that's of it. timber. Well, what's funny about Ray Roberts is, and I don't think this is information you can't see on Google Earth, but they'll have a line of timber poles, and one side of it will be clean water, and the other side is the timber. So you know exactly where you can run and where you have to really slow down. That's anybody that's everywhere. To, it's, full, yeah, that's everywhere. That's Texas. If, yep. you can't, if you can't see it, you can't hit it. <laughs> yeah, and you if can. you up, <laughs> enough, hopefully you'll bounce off. You better have good insurance. That's the biggest three things. And a backup prop. When everybody asks me, how do you run? To, oh, a backup lower unit. <laughs> everybody say, how do you run Santee Cooper? And it's like, well... I mean, if you can't see it, you can't hit it. it. I mean, if you're going fast enough, hopefully you'll just bounce off. Bounce off. You make sure your insurance is yep. updated. That's it. Well, I guess we'll, we'll... We don't have an old policy. No. And we're looking forward to, to being there. Real quick, because i got less than a minute to go, has Bass said anything about having spectators at Santee yet? Any word on that? They have not yet. Okay. I'm thinking we're going to because from here on out, we're going to have marshals at every tournament, okay. which I'm excited about. I'm, okay. I'm glad to have somebody back in the boat. Okay. And so I think there's going to be a chance. I think things are kind of letting up, and it all depends on which each state, what their policy is. But uh, I think it's going to be a good season, and I'm looking forward to going fishing. We'll watch, we're looking watch forward it. to watching you on the Elite yeah. Series, Patrick. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon. Roger Taylor. Thank you all. Thank Bye-bye. you. See you. All right, folks, here it is. You got your elite update. You got your fishing update. Now it's time for you to make time to get out there. Hit the back roads when you can. Don't forget the camera. We'll see you back next week. More Woods and Water, South Carolina.
Gone. Cat.